Hello and welcome to a special episode of Exocast, the galaxy's best exoplanet podcast that takes you far beyond the solar system to explore distant extrasolar worlds. I'm Andrew Rushby and I'm joined in the virtual Exocast studio by my esteemed co-hosts, Drs. Hannah Wakeford and Hugh Osborne. So in this show, we're going to get the Exo Cup underway, and we're going to take a little time to introduce the competition. Now in its sixth year, can you believe it? And get on to the draw for our pools, discuss our wildcard planets, and perhaps even a few predictions for this year's competition from the team. We're notoriously bad at predicting, aren't we? Mm -hmm. So we'll see how we do this year. Of course, if you're a regular listener or you're active on Twitter, perhaps you'll know that the Exo Cup is an annual Twitter-based knockout competition to crown the year's most popular exoplanets. We take 32 fantastic worlds and pit them against each other over a month of polls and campaigning and controversy and memes. Which planet will be named the 2022 champ? Well, that's up to you and, of course, the folks on Twitter as well. But before we get too ahead of ourselves with the structure of the competition, it might be a good opportunity to give everyone a quick rundown of how we chose the competitors for this year. For that, I'm going to throw it over to umpire Hugh. How do we choose them? Yeah, so I mean, what was it, like four or five years ago, we literally just chose them ourselves. Yep. And we thought that's not the fairest way, probably. <laughs> um, we are obviously biased in which planets we love and which planets we hate. That's still true. I hate no planets. K2AP and B comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Except for K2AP. <laughs> uh, which is in, which is in our, our list here. Spoilers. So yes. Um, so we, deci- <laughs> well, we decided that we would use, basically, the community, the exoplanet community, we would let them decide which planets will be in the ExoCup each year by looking at which planets were published and which planets were mentioned in published papers over the last year. So I basically scraped all of the planets from the Nexo- NASA Exoplanet Archive, which is over 5,000 for the first year. So we have mm. 5,187, most of which are planets, some of which aren't. We're probably over 5,000, though. Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure there's over 5,000 planets in there. But over 5,000. Potential candidates for the cup. Yes. So of those 5,187 planets... I looked at or used the ADS, I don't know, what would you call it? Service. It is a, yeah, the Astrophysical Data System, which is basically search engine for papers that are, you know, astronomical in nature. So I used that to look for each of the planets in the list. How many times was it mentioned in the last 12 months? And use that to decide which 24 planets would go directly into the ExoCup. Uh, and we would save, you know, we, we we still want to put in some new planets and some uh, interesting ones that maybe didn't make it into that cut because they were recently discovered or they have, re- new, you know, very, very recent results. So we saved eight planets, which we decide as wildcards. So we do get to pick a few. And we'll talk about those in a little bit. But in terms of the 24, which we selected for the first year, we actually decided to cut the number of transiting hot Jupiters, which is not something we've done before, because they tend to lose <laughs> and they tend to be a large proportion of the planets that get published. published in published the literature because you wait and see this is our year <laughs> i mean kelt 9b won it in 20 that's right 16 17 i can't remember 18 18 no yes i literally have it in front of me it's like i don't know uh, why 18 yes and came third and came third last year maybe it is the year well, you know just saying so we kept only eight transiting hot Jupiters and that lets three or four extra planets in that otherwise wouldn't have made it in, which are you know, interesting in their own right. Nah. Let's talk about the wild cards because those are, we probably need to you know, do some convincing 
as to why we decided these eight planets. So Hannah, why don't you talk about the wildcards that you proposed? Because they're all kind of related, as you'll see. Yeah, so the wildcards are things that didn't make it into this kind of most mentioned list of 2021-22 from the papers that have been published in the scientific literature. But mm, our paper's really a good representation of what the best exoplanet is. Clearly, we have some doubts, therefore eight wildcard slots. So each of us proposed a number of different wildcards that we thought should go through. And I am just, um, you know what, I like to stay true to form. Not deviating from my path at all. Incredibly biased in every single way. Gonna lose <laughs> completely. Full flat on my face. No problem. But I will be touting and representing flying the flag for our JWST ERS programs. These are the planets that have been observed as part of early release science that is for, by the community, for the community. So these planets are, these are community planets. These are for everybody. And I went for WASP-39b, which is part of the transiting exoplanet community early release science program on JWST. And also HIP-65426. I have no idea how I would say that. I don't know if I said that in the way that they say it, but I'll work <laughs> it out. 65426, which is part of the directly imaged JWST early release science community program. And also part of that same program is a very giant planet, VHS-1256-1257b. So, you know, JWC targets, community targets. Large targets. Large targets. <laughs> What's 39 b is a Saturn mass planet. What's 39 b is not large. True. Is moderate. I mean, as we expected with the initial early release science, it's also a very kind of broad insight into what James Webb can do for the community. So I think it's good to include these three different targets, all of which That's are right. you know, very different kind of planets or, you know, low mass brown dwarfs. And we're going to learn so much from them. So why not showcase them as part of our exoplanet kind of horde, really? Yeah, maybe we could leave it up to the voters to decide as to whether these are planets at all, perhaps. Whether it's good enough. It's JWST... JWST data good enough? Do we need better? What does a planet need to really win? But but I'm not the only one that's picked some some random wild cards. Andrew, you've you always come into the wild card situation with a different perspective. So what what have you got? Yeah, that's working out for me so far. And I don't think any of my planets have ever made it through. I'm going to start with maybe an uncontroversial one in Kepler-444b. This isn't a planet that gets published on that much, but the discovery itself was pretty significant in that this is a 10 billion year old planet. And I think it in a way helped us to put a, a lower bound on when planets could even form in the history of our universe, which I think is a big shout for any single object to do that. So while it's probably not going to get a lot of results and publications of it, I think in, its, in that respect, it's redefining, at least in many ways, how we might consider the galactic evolution or, you know, or the chemical evolution of our galaxy. So I think a, a good reason to have oh, that one in there. Yeah. As Kepler planets go, it's actually a pretty good one because it's very bright. So there's actually a good potential of getting uh, follow-up data, even with James Webb for that system. Excellent, yeah. Which is a five-planet system, I believe. So yeah, I, I, I'm happy to see 444b in. Yeah, no, it's great. Okay, so good to see that one wasn't too controversial. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm going for a, a pulsar planet, which maybe mm. I don't know controversial. Talk about the remnant of a huge, 
a huge star with a few planets orbiting it. But these have got some incredible names. And actually, they were, they were named at a time when exoplanet naming was, was a thing, when people were considering that that should be done. Um, so these were discovered, oh gosh, 1992, I want to say? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. And controversially might be considered the first planets discovered, or out of main sequence star, of course, but... You know, that's a controversial statement there. Um, but this one in particular, B, PCR B112, 57 plus 12B, which is definitely not the right way to say it. But I'm going to call it Drauger because that's the name that it was actually voted for um, by the by the name and exoplanet community back in 2015, I want to say. So I thought, you know, Halloween coming up. I know we're not going to quite hit Halloween with our dates. We'll get into the dates of the exocalp. But I thought it's a nice spooky name to go with a, a rather a rather scary planetary <coughs> context. Uh, and it's also really, really small. It's smaller than the moon, about 2% the mass of the Earth, maybe twice that of the moon. So it's pretty small, pretty, pretty controversial, maybe in terms of of its role in planet history and it orbits a you know a, a pulsar <laughs> what more do you want what more do you want now the pulsar planets are pretty cool yeah they are they're just a little bit puny <laughs> literally yes puny yeah especially compared to uh to some of your vhs chonkers which are very much on the other side of this. everybody loves a chunk yeah mine's more probably a planetesimal and yours is probably a star so <laughs> yeah, no, well, okay all right we've got, we've got a spectrum. we have That's, to go to the extreme exactly this is exocast we, we cover all mass ranges all welcome here in the exocup <laughs> and finally i'm going to end with <laughs> with coconuts to be for the obvious reason one it has an excellent name so this is an acronym do you guys do you know the acronym by the way do i don't know, know the for? acronym it sounds just ridiculous I saw cool. it's a fantastic one so kudos to the team who put this together hugh's kind of right in that he started with the right word i feel like he's cheesing and looking it up but it's no, I did, I, I, the only word that i saw in there is cool yeah cool companions on ultra wide orbits um and they've made coconuts out of that which is just fantastic by just randomly picking letters throughout it um but oh, this is also no. a very very interesting interesting planet um so Where's the it, t from um Ultra. There's the T in ultra, I guess. And wide, the W is not... Um... On orbits. Oh, orbit. Okay, it's yeah, in or orbits. Right. It's oh the my God. It's, Are it's, you kidding me? It's an me? absolute stretch. And clearly, oh, yeah. maybe there was... This was discovered or discussed down at the pub or the bar after after the proposal was put in. I can't believe they're going to make but... me make a card with that on it. <laughs> it's just... It's coconuts. It's going to be Random really nice letters easy. all over the place. Okay, let's move past the name, team, because it's actually also a very interesting planet. He was right in that when we started discussing this, he was like, oh, that's free-floating. Not that that's a bad thing, um, but it was recently discovered to actually have a uh, an M-dwarf host star, but it orbits at about 6,000 AU on a 1.1 million year orbit, about 10% of a light year uh, away from its star. Um, and, but it's also the closest directly imaged planet. And I know we have a very active directly imaged uh, community here, or at least following on, on Exocast, so I'm sure they'll be hopefully pleased to see Coconuts 2B make it in. Andrew, that one's so random and Isn't got it? so many ridiculous things about it that it could be in a chance for winning. I, I'm, I'm confident about this one. It's got the name. It's got yeah. the, the media <laughs> the media hype. It's got the direct image angle. This might be my pick. Right. This might be my pick. Okay, but we're not letting you off, Hugh. You've also made some selections. Well, which ones are you going with? And definitely not chosen for its name is Taubu B. <laughs> Excellent name. Or Taubutus B, which is, is, is its correct name. Which is a radial velocity detected world which you know i think it, uh, it's probably 20 years old now this this one of the early mm. detected planets um hot jupiter just like 51 peg around a very bright star it's one of the few stars where you could go out in the night sky and and, and see it with naked eye and, and know there's a, a planet orbiting it and so yeah i thought this one just because there's actually not that many rv planets in our list 
only two radial velocity planets made it into the, uh, the those 24 uh, seeded planet categories. So yeah, so I, I thought it, it's good to include another RV world. And we have some characterization of this planet as well, some atmospheric characterization, for example. So Strong case. That sounds like a good one, yeah. And the name yeah. is good. And mainly the name. And the name is just fantastic. It's almost like when Tau Butis was being named, you know, they thought, hmm, we don't know what exoplanet naming conventions are going to be like, but we're going to set this up. <laughs> we're going to set this up <laughs> down the line. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, no. It's just like I managed to make it so far into that interview with Naomi in the last episode where we were talking about Uranus, and yeah. now we've just got the Tau Booby in there, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. We did well, giggling we did child when it comes I think it to helps these that things. We were, we were calling it Uranus, at least. But the expert was calling it Uranus, which was making it very difficult. <laughs> so, Tau Booby. I like it. Good choice, you. Like. Yeah. And then the final choice for our eight wild cards is WD1856b. So, another one that I chose because we were maybe missing a category of planets. And in this case, it's planets orbiting white dwarfs. So, the WD means uh, white dwarf which is the end state of most stars uh, in the sky, in, in, including our sun. So all these stars will end up as these tiny, dense, earth-sized balls of, of plasma. And uh, yeah, so, so WD1856b is a, a cold Jupiter orbiting a white dwarf on a 12-hour orbit or something, but it's just so cold because the star itself is so uh, small and, and not very luminous. Um, but I thought we had to include that. Got some legacy in the cup. It does, yeah. I think it won in twenty. 20, is that right? Indeed it did, it yeah. did win in 2020. It's actually got a period of 1.4 days. Oh, you're right. Yeah, sorry. But very, very short period anyway, for such a cool... Very much. I think so. it's only 200 Kelvin, despite the fact it's so close. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Very, very interesting planet. Of course. I mean, Hannah, you have your um, your ExoCup cards right in front of you. I do actually have them the right in front of me. All of the most Interesting data for these ExoCup candidates are on those cards. So. Yeah. And also those cards are, of course, available on our website, exocast.org. Check them out. So as always, for all of our 32 exoplanets in this cup, and we haven't even told you 24 of them yet, we will have fact cards available that will be on our website and be posted with those polls as well. And on those fact cards, you will see how those planets were discovered, a little kind of snippet about them. Uh, as well as information on their stars, the planet's mass and radius, its distance, where in the night sky you should look for it, its temperature, and a couple of little facts about each of them so that you can try and decide which planet you think should win. So it's just a little helping hand from the ExoCast team with our little fun fact cards for each of these worlds to see which one should be getting your vote. There's a lot of info, and the names sometimes aren't that memorable, right? Maybe for us, but I think that I think it really helps yeah. to to communicate some of those important important details. And Hannah's done a great job on on these cards, so I hope everyone enjoys them as much as we do here in the in the studio. Maybe not Hannah for making them, but <laughs> <laughs> only a very small headache. But they are beautiful. They very are. proud of them. But be. we still have quite a lot of work to do before we fully announce this cup to everybody. So. What has to happen next is Hugh has a random number generator. We need to now put our 32 planets, so all of those ones that the 24 that come from the published literature and our eight wildcards we just talked about into this random generator so that we can seed them into a number of different groups 
so that they can battle each other. And we have eight groups that have to go together. Is that right, Hugh? Yes, there are eight groups, all of which feed in two planets to the last 16. And then each of those individual playoffs basically filter up the the bracket till we find a winner. So the 24 kind of automatic qualifiers are in three different seeding pots. So we'll draw one from each pot and then we'll draw one wild card into each of our groups. So should we get started? Do you want to see the first group? Yes. Ready when you are here. All right. So the first group from pot one is Wasp121b, a hot Jupiter. We'll hear a lot of Wasp names. That's the Wide Angle Survey for Planets, which found a lot of uh, interesting hot Jupiters. Yeah, fantastic ones. So from pot two is Trappist1e. This time was the the king of the Trappist1 planets, um, which made it through. From pot three, GJ1132b, the warm super-Earth. So 1132 is a, yeah, it's a warm super F, that one. And then from the wildcard pot is the Pulsar planet, PSR B1257 plus 12B. So interesting group. Oh, there we go. Rauga, right in there, in the first pot. That's what we like to see. It's lots of small planets. Yeah, it's a nice mix. Good mix. And I think that that's going to be a nice one to kick us off for the cup. So, yeah. Trappers, Trappers always, planets always seem to be slightly under, underperforming in my opinion. I always thought they would, you know capture a little bit more yeah it's interesting that maybe once we get james web data when jwst does its thing maybe we can do a little bit more but that's just a, our, our first battle so we've got a lot of battles to follow what comes next what are the next four planets that will be fighting it out okay so from pot one in group two is hd 209 hd 209458b mm. the, the the king of the hot jupiters one of the the first one to be found transiting actually I mean, the king of the exoplanets, it's always like the f- one that's mentioned the most in the literature. I think since we started doing this um, this algorithmic scrape. Yes, it is top yeah. of our list of mentions. Right. But it's got, got some tough ones in there. So what else have we got there, Hugh? So we've got Proxima Centauri B, yeah. our closest um, neighbour. We've got HR8799E, the directly imaged super Jupiter, I guess. And then Tau Bu B is in there as well, the, um, the velocity detected hot Jupiter. That one's going to be an interesting one, I think. I'm not sure that our canonical most mentioned hot Jupiter is going to make it out of that first stage. But I yeah. am happy to be wrong. Proxima often makes it through, I think. It does. And HR uh, 87991, of course, back in 2019. So Oh, that was B, not oh, E. Oh, true. True, we've so got another planet. E yeah. might, might kind of different. have a very, very different... Yeah, retract that. Retract that yeah. statement. Maybe B can give E some advice on, on, on how to do well in yeah. the Exocup. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Next up. Number three. We have GJ1214B from the, the top of Top Seeds. We have PDS-70b, the directly imaged young planet from the second group of seeds. We have 51 Airy b oh, another directly imaged planet in there from the mm. pot three. And then WD-1856b from the wildcards. Interesting. Two big directly imaged uh, giants. Two winners. Very two successful. Two past winners in there. Oh, yeah, that too. PDS-70b being the yeah. most successful planet ever in Exocarp. In terms of votes won, yeah. Yeah, so that was 2021's winner, and then WD, uh, the White Dwarf Planet, was actually the 2020 winner. So we've got the last two champions battling each other in the first round. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. I mean, they could both go through, of course, and then beat each other in the final again, but 
I mean, there's a good chance one of them goes out as well. I mean, GJ1214B is an interesting you know, mini Neptune around an M-Dwarf, early detection as well. Of course, that one came as the runner-up in the first ever Exo Cup yeah. that we ran as well. We've got, a, we've got a tough one there. Yeah, some legacy. So group four, should we move on? Yes, please. We have Wasp-12B from the, the Big Pot, so that, that another transiting hot Jupiter. K218B, everyone's favourite habitable zone planet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can see our previous episodes for our opinions on, on that statement. Um, GJ3470B, a uh, nice Neptune transiting uh, M-Dwarf from Pot 3. And then the wildcard HIP65426B. So James Webb right. observed directly imaged planet. Is that right? Yeah, that's a directly imaged ERS one where we got some beautiful, beautiful images in different colours of that one. 3470 is a nice one. I like that one, so it's definitely going to lose because that, that one's an evaporating planet in the Neptune desert. So it's one of these worlds that shouldn't exist for very long. And that alone is is fascinating way to watch the evolution of these kinds of worlds. So we've got some... I like every planet in that apart from one of them um and i'm not sure i necessarily mind which ones make it through apart from one of them (laughs) (laughs) right what's in our next pot in pots what are we on now five yes we have 51 peg b the og um the first the og the first planet around a sun-like star from pot two we have wasp 43 b transiting hot jupiter a short period hot jupiter LHS 1140b. Oh, the dense, the densest. Yeah, uh, Super Earth. And then from the wild cards, we have Wasp 39b. Ah, excellent. Ooh, two wasps going again. It could be, it could be two wasps making it out of that. Of that. Um, I mean, no. you know what the beautiful so. thing is? Wasp 39b is one of our ERS targets that we've already kind of we've seen data on it. So that's Ooh. that's why I selected it as the wild card. But Wasp 43b will be observed as part of our ERS program in December. So perhaps we can get some drumming up support from the people who are going to be working on those observations of WAS43B as to why it's so important to get those. So I don't know. There's some yeah. nice stuff in there. Yeah, and it's about time the WASP planets did well. You know, they deserve Right. It. They've been out there. I, I feel like 51 Peg is always surprises me by going out super early, eh. despite its historic historic. But we don't know anything about it. Don't you want to know stuff, Hugh? <laughs> I think the first planet would be enough. But I think we already discussed, you know, controversies about which is the first planet. First planet around a main sequence star, at least. Yeah. Um, but that's it, right? That's all we know. Right. Next up. Okay. Okay, group six. Ooh, we have Kelt 9b, mm-hmm. the hottest exoplanet, another transiting hot Jupiter from the pot one. Winner, 2018. Indeed. We have GJ436b. Another um, evaporating Neptune, Neptune, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. We have V1298 Tau D, in this case, um, from a very young four-planet system of transiting planets. Mm. And we have Kepler444b from the wildcard pot. Nice. Interesting. Now, Hugh, I don't don't know that much about V1298 Tau D. Um, No, neither do I. What's the survey? Yeah. What survey discovered So it was found by K2. It's only 24 or 25 million years old, so it's about the same... Ages AU Mick, and, and you know, there's very few planets that young. Mm. Four planet system, very active star, but uh, we actually have masses for the four planets now, and they're all, you know, giant planets actually. Even bizarrely dense giant planets, which shouldn't be that dense given the um, the age of the star. Right. So uh, V1298 
Tau D is the warm Jupiter in the system, so it's kind of the, the closest in on a 12-day orbit, I believe. Fascinating. Another laboratory of, of planetary formation uh, going on. Yeah, exactly. So moving on, seventh group and penultimate, HD 189733B, another of the, the kings of the hot Jupiters. Nice. Beta pick B Yeah. from pot two. That's, uh, you know, a key directly imaged planet. Yeah, very young as well. Yes. Uh, AU Mick B. Oh, two young planets in this one because we have AU Mick as two well. Two young planets there, yeah. Um, which is, I guess, the, the cousin of V1298 Tau, you know, similar age, uh, young um, Neptune in this case, AU Mick B. Yeah. And then... The wild card is VHS 1256 minus 1257B. So the um, free-floating super Jupiter. Directly imaged. It's not free-floating. Yeah. It's orbiting something at like 150 AU. It's oh, not okay. free-floating. It's just really big. A really long period. And got a beautiful spectrum. How big is it, Hannah? How big is it? It's pretty big. It's pretty it big. Might... You've got a constraint, though, I'm sure. You've got an upper constraint, at least. It's less than 20 Jupiters. Well, there we go. So, you know, it's kind of bordering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it could crush, crush all of those. Literally. Yes, it could. Literally. <laughs> Beta Pick's pretty big, isn't it? It's a directly imaged planet. That's a fairly hefty one. Yeah, it's 11 or 12, isn't it? So it's There you go. Big. So we've got, some, we've got some chonkers in there. And everybody loves a chonk. Some big and young planets. Yeah, lots of young planets there, apart from HD 189, just just there, hanging out, trying to work out what's going on. <laughs> Not sure if it's going to make it through the round. I feel like that's done one, well in the past, hasn't it? Um, uh, sometimes. Sometimes not. Uh, no. no we'll not see really. how it goes. Okay. Well, maybe this is the year. Shall we draw the final group? Final group. Yes. All right, we have WASP-76b. Mm. Hot Jupiter, transiting. Um, we have yep. 55 Cancri e so a transiting hot super-Earth, or mini-Neptune, I'm not sure we're sure yet. It's a lava world, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of low density though, so uh, there's yeah. interesting things going on. I'm not sure anyone's really figured out that planet yet. Uh, we have LHS 3844b, and then our last wild card is Coconuts 2b. There it is. Coconuts I knew it was coming two. up in this one, obviously. Yeah. Last one. Isn't it just, doesn't it just make you sort of smile seeing that down there? <laughs> coconuts. Yeah. The coconuts. Yeah, yeah. It uh, does so, actually. so two. Yeah, it does. So two kind of small, small planets, uh, transiting planets. LHS three, three, eight, four, four, fifty-five Cancri, and then two giant planets. One transiting and one very much not. Yeah. Well, seventy-six B was actually one of the most mentioned planets at the Exoplanets Four conference earlier this year. It was just talked about constantly. So many different studies that were kind of coming out very recently on that. So I wonder if that's got any momentum. I'm not sure. I'm not betting on it. I'm hoping the coconuts. You've convinced me, Andrew. Which means, unfortunately for you, it's going it's to lose. It's probably going to lose, yes. I mean, the fact that I chose it already put it in a, in a bad position. Um, yeah. But let's hope over the episode that we've maybe convinced a few potential voters. Not just the name. It's an interesting planet too. And I'm sure the card is going to look fantastic as and when. Sure, I will just put a little coconut in the corner instead of a planet and we'll just leave it at that, shall we? <laughs> so overall, I think... Some great, some great battles coming up here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got some, you know, we've got some big names in there, right? And I think that we're going to see, I don't know. I don't know. How dirty do you think it's going to get this year? 
hopefully, hopefully not too controversial, and any controversy is uh, is scientific in nature. It would be wonderful. Yeah. But I think I'm going to make I'm going to make a, a stab at a prediction here. I'm going with coconuts. Um, I know I know if we've already no mentioned way. it, but I'm putting my planting my flag in the coconut right now. <laughs> I'm hoping that this uh, this large Jupiter-sized planet will uh, will will t- make it through to the end. I'm wondering if it's Proxima's year. If I'm honest with you. Proxima B's done really well almost every single year it's been in. There's a big support behind it, but it's never won. It really hasn't ever kind of quite got that prize. Yeah, it fizzles out in some ways. So I'm wondering if that's this year. As you said for um, for 51 Peg, do we not want to know more about the planet? You know, we, we, we can't really characterise right? it. Yeah, that's true. So maybe that's why it loses out. It starts losing momentum at the end, yeah. I... I think i went for au mcb last year and mm. i said this it all in and i'm still i'm sticking to that you know one of these years it's going to be au mcb <laughs> year and, uh, yeah just pick it every year uh, as long as it's in here um, yeah eventually it'll win yeah maybe okay so Let's when so. can our voters know when they're going to be able to kind of look at these groups and select the top two from each of those groups going through to battle in the last 16 yes that's quite important isn't it getting the dates what's the dates <laughs> So we're going to start on the 7th of November for the first group stage, continuing through for eight days until we've got all of our last 16. And then last 16 will obviously be the next eight days after that to run eight polls. And then we'll have the quarterfinals after Thanksgiving. So the 28th, 29th, 30th, and then 1st of December. Semi-finals on the 2nd and 3rd of December. And then we'll put the final over a two-day stretch on the 5th and 6th of December. So um, yeah, very soon. You might even be able to rush straight on Twitter and vote for one of one of these uh, polls. Yeah, and of course, we'll be running our Exo Cup from our specialist Twitter account, ExoCast Exo Cup. So you can find all of the polls on there. If you're not following ExoCast Exo Cup, we will be retweeting that. Don't you worry from our Exo Cup account. So you can definitely see them. But what we want from everybody is we want memes. We want poems. We want video campaigns we want to share all of the science and all of the fun associated with these planets we're kind of trying to help you on the way with the exo cup cards and some i voted in the exo cup 2022 stickers which you can get on our threadless store exocast.threadless.com but we want to know what is it that captures you about each and every one of these worlds why are you voting for it or why are you not voting for it as well. And I can think back to previous years when we've had some, as you say, wonderful submissions, video campaigns, Twitter accounts, memes, poetry, haikus, media, uh, across a, a multimedia experience is the Exo Cup now. Um, yes. And I, I'm expecting I'm expecting us to step it up now. I certainly will be encouraging everyone I know, my students and their associates <laughs> to get involved. <laughs> Obviously not trying to bias the voting in any way. Of course. Um, just encouraging <laughs> engagement. That engagement for no particular planet coconuts to be but no particular planet <laughs> right exactly i i know exactly what you mean i'm teaching the exoplanets portion of my course next week so uh there won't be any bias whatsoever in advertising the exo cup and which planet they should be voting for so i think that that's you know important as are our, our jobs as lecturers as 
role models to these young people that we don't completely and utterly bias the system. Well, actually, if that was the case, and my students are listening, they should probably be voting for Kepler 444, given what we talked about in terms of galactic uh, chemical evolution <laughs> last week. But <laughs> Oh, excellent. See, there's already nice little facts out there that we could just bring together. So I just, I'm really excited to actually learn about a lot of these worlds. There's a number of them in here that I don't really know that much about. Certainly some of the most recent scientific literature. Honestly, not keeping up with it as much as I would like to. Well, we're spoiled, aren't we? There's just so much I of mean, it now. I mean, so much. Um, so it's, much. It's not a bad position now to be in. Now we're over 1,000 planets. Yeah. 5,000 planets, planets yeah. right? We used to know the names of almost all of them. And now <laughs> it's just like, oh, I can't even. I could tell you the names of 2,000 of them. Kepler 1, Kepler 2. K21. Wasp 1. Except there isn't a Kepler 1, is there? No, you're right. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't a Kepler 1. I don't know what it he's, wrong. He's, he's immediately wrong. Nine. <laughs> he's at nine. Okay, I didn't actually know that. It's an interesting exoplanet pub quiz question. Oh, it yeah. is. Definitely One day, it. that's the next next challenge. After the Exo Cup, and we've all just kind of had a little break after running the cup for a month. Pub quiz time for Christmas. Yeah, we, we could actually do that. That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Okay, so just re-emphasize, right? We're going to we're starting on the seventh, running to the sixth. There's going to be eight eight poles to start. Uh, they're going to be twenty four hours. And you've got to choose your, your top two planets to make it through to the next round. That's the important right, You only right. choose one, but we'll take the top two. The top two yeah. planets we'll be going through. You pick okay. one, we take the top two. And we've had a big array of different winners. From our PDS 70 from last year, WD1856b, the, the white dwarf planet from the year before, which brought in a record number of votes with some very, very strong advertising campaigns that we'd love to see again. Our directly image community came out in force in 2019 to get HR8799B through. Of course, we don't have that in this cup, but we do have uh, its sibling planet, B uh, E, in there. So that's in there. We've got Kelt9B, which won in 2018. Everyone was very much enamored by the fact that it's insanely hot. So maybe that will get it through again. And then in our first ever Exo Cup in 2017, Kepler 10b took the, the winning spot, but in our cup this year we have its runner-up GJ1214b. So we've got we've got some representation there from legacy winners. So I think that we can really see what, what everybody thinks and whether or not they can keep that momentum going. And I hope also representation from all the various communities in exoplanet science, from detection to characterization. I think we hopefully yeah. everyone will be okay. I'm not going to say happy because it's difficult to make everyone happy, but everyone will be okay with these choices. Everyone will be okay. There's something to rally around for all of your chosen and favourite techniques. Microlensing people are a little bit annoyed, probably. We don't have any microlensing yeah, probably, planets. Probably, probably. But, That's uh, true. Were the pulsar planets not one point detected or reobserved with that? No, I'm not going to say that. No, I don't know that I to don't think so. It wouldn't They're make sense, way too close. Way too small. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. make sense. No, just pure pulsar timing. Sorry. Your pulsar timing. We never normally have pulsar timing community represented, so. <laughs> what like, I would really love is if one of our WASP planets could make it through. Not just because they are excellent follow up targets, but because it's just such a pivotal survey for the worlds that we can learn the most about. There's a reason why they populated in those planets that are scooped from the literature, because. We can learn so much about these worlds and the WASP survey has been an absolute champion for those kinds of planets and it hasn't had the representation that it should have no. in the Exo Cup. So hopefully we can drum up some WASP support this year. I feel year. like anyone who's ever 
published a wasp on a wasp paper needs to surely be supporting rallying behind a unity candidate here uh, and and finally getting the wasp survey well that's the thing which candidate do you pick from it which one which one one do you rally behind (laughs) that's true (laughs) the one that's left (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm sure that i'm sure all the hot jupiters will as usual be gone after one round after the group stage no i don't know maybe I would very much appeal to our listeners and say, please don't let that happen. That would be very, (laughs) very sad. But I think that that about wraps it up for our EXO Cup announcement episode. It's always that strange time of year. You get to October and you go, well, I wonder when the EXO Cup's going to be. Well, it's now. It's coming. So... Do not forget to look out for our other episodes of ExoCast. You can find them on our website, exocast.org. Let us know what you think about the show. You can find us on Twitter at exo underscore cast. And you can, of course, contact us on our website through comments as well. You can help support the show and the ExoCast team by heading to buymeacoffee.com forward slash exocast. Each coffee is just $4 and every donation over $15 will get you a shout out on the show. A big shout out for this episode to David Venel and Matthew VDA who have supported the show this month. Thank you very much. It's really, really useful for us to get these donations. It allows us to pay for our fantastic editor, Fergus Hall. And you can see more about Fergus's work Uh, via our website you can get your hands on exocast merchandise t-shirts stickers exocup i voted stickers at exocast.threadless.com and exocast is available wherever you get your podcasts thank you for listening and we will see you at the exocup bye-bye bye bye exocast you have been listening to Exocast. The Exocast team is Dr. Hugh Osborne, a KOPS Test Postdoctoral Fellow at the University of Bern in Switzerland, Dr. Hannah Wakeford, Lecturer in Astrophysics at the University of Bristol, and Dr. Andrew Rushby, a Lecturer in Astrobiology at Birkbeck, University of London. Our podcasts are edited by Fergus Hall and are made possible through your kind donations. Find out more on exocast.org. Because I have exoplanets.